<laughs> Good morning, Amanda. Good morning, Joe. I'm excited. <laughs> yeehaw, yeehaw. There's a lot coming in today. There is. It's special. It's beautiful. Always special, but actually something. It's close it's to different. Yes. Close to our hearts. Yeah. yeah. So uh, we have a special guest, Blake Haver, on the Girl Awakening podcast this morning. Mm -hmm. She's an energy healer, a clinical slash spiritual hypnotherapist. Mm. Um, a little bit about Blake. Her first experience with Reiki energy healing was 30 years ago. She had a massage and a therapist also did Reiki, aromatherapy and crystal, crystal healing on her. Mm. It was amazing. Her life changed in that moment and the beginning of her personal healing journey and interest in holistic healing began. Yes. How incredible. Welcome, Blake, to the Girl Awakening podcast. Hi. Thanks for having me. Yay. Blake's in Marimula, <laughs> a beautiful part of the world. Yes. yes. Um, so very excited just to have some time with you this morning and to share your awakening journey, Blake. Thank Would you, you like to share with us how your awakening began? Yeah. Which one? Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> But we'll start with that one that you mentioned. So um, I had um, an accident when I was about six years old where I was thrown off a horse, injured my lower back and my coccyx. Um, nothing broke, but I wasn't comfortable. So I had to have a lot of chiro, physio, osteo, and it was usually a man and it was really uncomfortable and it hurt me more than anything, which felt like it traumatized me more. So um, when I was about 14 years old, my mum took me to the energy Reiki healer that you mentioned and I just went for a massage with a lady, which I felt more comfortable than the other practitioners I've been seeing. And I, my mum booked me in for like a half an hour because we weren't sure how my pain was going to hold with someone touching me because I don't like being, I didn't like being touched then. Yeah, <laughs> and she, yeah she um, was really gentle, kind and loving, which I wasn't used to also. And I ended up being there for two and a half hours oh. and did all of the things she did, which was, obviously the massage, which did hurt, but I felt really trusting in her. Um, and then she also used aromatherapy, which the sense obviously helped me calm down. She made the environment really safe. So I felt really trusting with her. And she also used some Reiki, which I didn't know what she was talking about or doing, but I just knew that it felt really good. Yeah. And when I was, I was exhausted, but I felt amazing. And I was like, I want to go back again. So my mom switched me from going to the standard chirophysio osteo for my younger years to go to this massage. So I used to go once a fortnight to start and then we eased it off to once a month and then like once every six weeks. Obviously I couldn't afford it either. It was a lot. Yeah. Um, but, it, yeah, it helped. And it also opened up my eyes to other like holistic things. I didn't know they existed. Yeah. I just thought if you were sick, you go to the doctor. If your back hurts, you go to the chiropractor, all those mainstream things. And the way things can feel in your body as well, like the different, yeah. I really yeah. feel what you're saying about the different feelings in your body from the painful treatments yes. to the feel-good treatments. Yeah. yeah, and for me, even just lying there with a, with a man as a young child, I felt really uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was sexually abused as a child, so I didn't feel comfortable lying on a bed with my undies. Yeah, <laughs> no, understandable. For me. No, yeah, and yeah. it just, it wasn't pleasant. <laughs> Yeah, I can imagine that brought up a whole lot of stuff for you. Yeah, <laughs> it did. Over, over the years, obviously, um, it got better, especially when I was introduced to someone like Rosemary. Like, she opened up my eyes to safe touch. Yeah. And that helped me to heal, like, really, like, a lot, like, a lot. 
Absolutely. And at that age, you're 12, your first treatment. I was 14. 14, 14. yeah. Yeah. So you're going through a lot of like hormonal changes yourself in your body and, yeah, and it's that real tricky age of, um, you know, coming into that womanhood. Mm. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. And my also had that big fear of um, a man. They're so strong and it hurt me. Like every time I went to the car or physio, I would cry in pain, not not because it was releasing, because it hurt. So there's and a resistance there as well. Yeah. I couldn't relax and let go, but with her, I could, and I loved it. Yeah. And I, I'm a bit of a massage junkie. I love having them. <laughs> That's my thing. I love the safe touch. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I hear you. I, I hear you. Yeah. yeah. So you've had this treatment. This is really beautiful because mm. um, it's it's totally um, expanding you, isn't it, in the moment, yeah. even though you didn't know that at the time, but now when you look back, you're thinking, wow, oh, I'm yeah. being expanded. Yeah, at the time, I obviously wasn't open to those things because I wasn't shown that from my family. They didn't say, this is a better way. Yes. <laughs> um, they were very mainstream. Um, and I always felt like every time I went to the doctor or the Cairo or the physio or the osteo, nothing against them, but it didn't feel right to me. It hurt. It scared me. It made me more tense and pained. Yeah. I didn't want to feel that. I wanted to feel like a release and relax. Yeah. <laughs> Which I didn't know how to do very well. And feel yourself, I guess, too, like to yeah. feel back into yourself because yeah, kind of definitely. what you're explaining is too very like visually is like that clinical poke and prod and objective treatment mm, yes. outside of your body or, you know, to you yes. as opposed to that, you know, feeling connected, feeling, as you nurtured. said, safe and nurtured yes. and able to receive that healing. Definitely. And definitely. So, yeah, that's very stark differences that you're, especially that definitely. Yeah. And once I realized, oh, like I feel safe with her, I actually found a brilliant female Cairo snatch, like slash kinesiologist. And I was like, oh, this is what it could be like. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't realize it doesn't have to hurt you for it to be doing something. I didn't understand. Yeah. And then when I knew, I was like, oh, wow. Yeah. And that helped me a lot as well. Yeah. Amazing. So yeah. you're now, you know, open, you're starting to realise there's more outside of just the physical body and you're starting to feel all these different things. Most definitely. Yeah. What was happening, you know, what was what else was happening around you when all this was going on at 14? Were you noticing any other difference? Was anything else shifting around you? Or um, Well, I always felt a little bit odd <laughs> yeah. from when I was a little child. But, yeah, as I started to open up a little bit more, yes, physically all of my senses came alive and I started to realise, oh, no, it's not me it's most of them (laughs) that are a little bit different. So I started to awaken in that sense. Yes, I did notice the people I was friends with changed a little bit. Um, I still have friends from school, but a lot of them shifted and that could have been possibly why. Um, Yeah. And as I started to open my eyes up to thing and realize you don't have to go to the doctor if you feel sick and stuff, I started to realize that then I didn't, I didn't like it. I didn't feel comfortable with it. I same with schooling. I never really like that um, mentality of sit up straight, do this, do that, run faster. You know, I don't like that. I never liked it. Yeah. I did just get by through school. Like I, I was a very, you know, average sort of compliant child. I did everything you're supposed to do. I didn't muck up. I just did it. I didn't want to do it, but I did it. Um, but I didn't like it. It always made me feel funny because I, I was very in touch with my feelings. And when something made me feel scared or strange, I would shut down. Yeah. So I guess having that at 14, it sort of opened me up a little bit more. So I became a little bit more, I guess, happier and social as well as I got a little bit older. Like I came out of my shell a little bit more because I was more like, shut down, don't look at me, don't touch me. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. 
because it, I mean, it's you get a really strong sense of yourself as being a very sensory and and feeling yes soul. Yes. So some in that deep dive into you know like early sexual abuse that is a very confronting experience slash trauma to most definitely to, um also shut off that part of you as well or kind of get confused around that yeah. part of you, you know yeah we're not being allowed to feel your feelings yeah it got mm-hmm. shut off yeah I wasn't allowed to feel yeah I was sort of like well you just do you don't feel yeah mm-hmm. it was sort of that type of thing yeah which is horrible I definitely feel all the feelings now <laughs> Yeah, it's funny how the universe will deliver whatever you need, and for some weird reason, you were supposed to have that accident. On was it your horse Horse. or a bike? The horse, horse, Horse. yeah, yeah. You know that it was leading you in that way to open to start to open you up. You know, and sometimes it has to come, um, you know, with a crash. Oh yeah, a lot of those have happened. (laughs) I know what they are now. When I look back, Mm -hmm. I didn't know then. Yeah, but I know what they are now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we get a little tap and then if we don't get that, we get a little smack and if we don't get that, then we get a whack and it's like, yeah. Oh, and I got a crash down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There was a lot of those as well. Oh, there was. Absolutely. So now moving on, what what's happening in your world now as a teenager? Yeah. Um as a teenager, so I I knew I didn't like school, so I knew that I wasn't going to go to year 12 in university and become a doctor or a lawyer or anything like that. Um I'm very creative and artistic and I like I like change. So I don't like doing the same thing over and over again because I I learn really fast. So once I've done something, I don't want to do it anymore. Yeah. And so um my mom said, well, if you want to leave in year 10, you have to have a job. Um, I really wanted to be a hairdresser all of my life. Like, since I was so funny. So funny. <laughs> yeah. Expecting big time. <laughs> yeah. And then when I actually, I did year 10, I did an apprenticeship, like I did a, sorry, I did a work experience and they offered me an apprenticeship up it. And I was like, oh, awesome. I'll leave school straight away and I'll do it. And they're like, yep. I hated it. Oh. I didn't want to make tea. I didn't want to sleep. I did it, but I didn't like it. I didn't want to sleep, sweep the floor. I didn't want to take out perm rollers. I didn't want to do that. You just <laughs> wanted to go and cut hair and color hair. Yeah, I wanted to do it. I wanted to. Yeah. I knew. I knew how to do it. My auntie and my brother were hairdressers, so I knew how to do it. Yeah, I wasn't allowed to yet, and I was like, "Well, I don't have time for this." What's and with so- these rules? Yeah. 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 Like rules, what's going on? Slowing me down. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I don't want to go backwards. I already yeah. know. <laughs> yeah, I love it. So my mom's like adamant. You have to have a job or you have to go to school. There's no two ways about it. And I was like, okay. Um, we were looking through the newspaper as you did back then. In yeah. The Circling um, the jobs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Cutting the little ones out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and there was something in there for a dental nurse. And I loved going to the dentist as a kid, which is strange, but I loved yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> I've never had any issues with my teeth. And my dentist was cool. Like, he was so yeah. fun. Well, I was there all the time because my mom and dad had terrible teeth, but I had perfect <laughs> teeth. So I thought it was yeah. great. And I used to pretend to be his nurse, like, when my mom or dad were getting their teeth done. Aww. And so I was like, well, what if I did that? And my mom was like, oh, do you want to? It's kind of gross. And I was like, well, I'm fine with gross things. Like, yeah, I'm fine medically helping someone. I'm fine. Yeah. So I did that. That was my first job when I left school. I became a dental nurse. Yeah. And I did that for five years and I loved it. Um, I guess the only read a little thing popped up, which was like, this is not your purpose or your path. I got a needle stick injury at work. Oh. Um, 
and it freaked me out because it took me immediately back to trauma. <laughs> Panic. Oh, what, sorry, what is that? Um, like a dirty used needle. It went straight through my hand from a patient. Wow. Yeah. And I guess yeah. there's so much fear around that too, like with, you know, I guess the, the time frame. Was, In those days, yeah, it was. It was a big thing. Um, and I was yeah. working, I worked with two female dentists, which were wonderful, and I was usually with the really neat and tidy good one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, this day the other dentist nurses were sicking away and I was like, I'll fill in for them, I'll do it, because she was nice, but yes. just very messy and just shoved stuff everywhere and I was cleaning up the mess and grabbed a bib, not assuming there would be an uncapped syringe there. And I just yeah. grabbed it and went straight through my hand. Oh, and it was, I don't know if you ever looked at a dental needle, but they're ginormous and they wow. actually like retract blood as they put them into your jaw. So there was blood oh. in it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> this was this is literally what I don't like about dentists. Yeah. Like, is an amazing person and he's the only person in my whole life who's been able to um do a anesthetic once yeah um, okay probably yeah i haven't been able to do gas or anything as well so like joe and i just like literally kind of like feeling your pain yeah <laughs> well i was fine with them until it went through my hand yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it me into that it put me into that stress flight fight fight or freeze mode and it, yeah. it freaked me out and i was like i'm not doing it anymore i was going oh. through depression anxiety at the time as well um, from the earlier childhood abuse popping up and causing sort of like a complex post-traumatic stress disorder thing. I wasn't diagnosed with that back then, but that's what it would be if I got assessed yeah. now. Yeah. Um, and I guess it just freaked me out. And I was like, I'm not doing that anymore. <laughs> I can't yeah. handle, I couldn't handle any extra stress than just everyday life. And so I was like, oh my God, what am I going to do? Because I have to, have to work. Like I left school, I'd done it for five years. So by this stage, I'm about... When that happened, I think I was about 20 or 21. Yeah. And um, I had a dream because I have dreams a lot. <laughs> and I was like, in my dream, what can I do? I solve problems in my dream as well. Um, and one of the things oh, was problems. I was a swimming teacher. <laughs> you should be a swimming teacher with kids. And I was like, what? I love swimming. Like I grew up Cronulla. Like I've yeah. swam since I was a baby. I think I swam before I could walk. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I wonder what's involved in that. So I started looking into it. And a week after I had this dream, there was a training course at Cronulla Complex, which is oh, right wow. near where I lived. And I was like, it's a sign. Yeah. So <laughs> and I did yeah. it. And yeah. I did that. I did that. I loved that. Wow. That was amazing. I taught little babies from six months old to probably five years old to swim. Oh, um, how lovely. I loved it. I yeah. loved did it. Did you find yeah. that quite therapeutic as well? Yeah. Like this unconsciously, Definitely. You know, subconsciously. Absolutely. I loved working with the kids and the babies and I loved it. It was, there was no pressure or stress with that. Yeah. Um, I guess over time, just my body didn't like the chemicals. So um, it was chlorine council pools. I worked in the Sutherland Shire pool. I worked at a few pools and it was just a bit much for your body. And I kept getting sick all the time. Um, I guess when a baby is coughing and spitting in your face, you get whatever they've got. So I was sick for five years when I was doing it. And I was like, oh, man, I can't, I can't. And, and I was also, sorry, I was also limited by the time with the chemicals because you can't be in chemicals, you know, like a yeah. nine-time job. So that was a lot. Yeah, and I had a nannying job at the same time. So kids again. Yeah. During that because it sort of supplemented when I wasn't working, I could do like a casual sort of nannying job, which I loved that too with the kids. It was beautiful. Yeah. And, and isn't it beautiful how the children like, you know, coming back, to your own childhood and how that, that era at that time frame was coming up as a 
PTSD for you, like you yes. were drawn to that being in your yes. life. Yes. For your work. And, you know, the joy that's around children is is just so healing and oh, you know, have that reflection of these children around you and be able to care for them and have fun with them as well. Yeah. That's and it did. Cool. And I, when I look back and think of what you just said, I think that too. I think, oh, wow, that's why I had the dream or my visualization of to do that. Yeah. Work with the kids. It's healing because I got yeah. to have fun. It was fun. Yeah. yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. Um, I guess personally during that time as well. So um, the day I left high school, I met my first husband. Um, I was with him for 19 years. Wow. And yeah, so when I was 16 is when I met yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a long time. The yeah. Yeah, it's a yeah. long time. <laughs> so yeah. he's the father of my children. So I've got two beautiful boys um, and he's their father. But it wasn't a healthy relationship. So yeah. Um, I know now why um, from his own childhood trauma. I know why he is the way he is and I'm okay with that now. In it, it was terrific. Yeah. Um, and we had children later in our relationship, which is why we're not together because my children were another awakening. They always are. Yeah. They were my biggest gift, my kids. Yeah. So my first baby, I had him when I was 31. Yep. Um, and they, they awoke in me big yeah. time this yeah. is not okay how you're existing wow because you now need to live <laughs> yeah wow you're getting pushed you're getting pushed yeah. big yeah. time well they take you back to your childhood too don't they straight away yeah, like, your own childhood experience of how you are parented and how you choose to parent or not parent and yes all those things and and they extend you beyond your experience of being an independent self they thinking of others first it's quite a yeah and I was actually a little bit fearful of having a baby because um needles I think you've got to have blood tests you've got to have this you've got to have that which me out after that needle stick injury yeah um also the thought of um someone looking at me half naked once again I can't control that that thing that was a fear in my mind Mm. um my mum had suffered her own traumas around births and things, and I had been told that, so I had that as a backup fear, okay. which doesn't exist in my reality, but I did have that in the back of my mind. Yeah. Um, so when I found out that I was pregnant, I was a little bit shocked because I wasn't planning it. Um, I, I was really, really overweight. Um, I had polycystic ovarian syndrome. I had all this stuff from, from the stress and the trauma. Um, yeah. And I guess when I found out I was pregnant, I was like, what? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why? And then that, yeah, when I had the baby, so my first baby, um, he was my biggest awakening, I think, if I can label it or write it down. That would be my biggest one because not only did um, I have a beautiful, lovely pregnancy, even though I was overweight and categorized as a danger or a high-risk pregnancy and tried to talk into all this intervention, which I was dead against. Right. My best friend at the time, Oops. We've lost you. Connection switching <laughs> at a very pivotal moment <laughs> in Blake's. The suspense is building. Yeah, we just lost you. Oh, we you froze. This is you about to say something. You froze. Yeah. I saw We're like, what's next? <laughs> <laughs> so we, was it, we must have to say that your best friend at the time. Yeah. Oh, sorry. My yeah. best friend at the time um, is also a doula. Oh. oh. 
she supported me through the pregnancy and the births of both of my children, which was absolutely magical and amazing. Fully trusted in her also. Um, And my ex-husband was, that was the best days of his life in our relationship was the two days our babies were born because he was just totally attentive to me. The other days it was him. Those two days, he was amazing. But she and him supported me through it like so much. Yeah. I had really magical natural births, no intervention, no gas, no drugs, nothing. And at home. no, I, I did do it at hospital. Um, yep. my my ex husband at the time wouldn't support the home birth option. There was no other place to have it. Yeah, and I had that little doubt in my mind from my mum's little seed that got planted that something was going to go wrong. Yes. Um, and so I just decided to go public hospital though because I didn't like that private hospital intervention. Mm-hmm. Um, and did the most natural route that I could, even though I had to sign a lot of waivers and paperwork. Um, I still got exactly what I wanted. Like, it was perfect. It was absolutely, yeah. I had like him on all fours on the ground. No one was allowed to talk to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had the lights off. I had nothing. The only thing um, they made me do because they were obsessed that I was going to be one of their statistics being overweight was they made me stick a cannula in case I bled out or hem- hemorrhaged, which okay. I didn't. Yeah. Um, and that was also a male practitioner. <laughs> right. But everyone else was amazing and perfect. And when I actually gave birth to him, he also fixed my coccyx. Oh, <laughs> oh excellent. Yeah. Oh, yay. Yeah. I didn't understand what was happening at the time because my back hurt so bad, but he was posterior and my best friend was saying, oh, it's fine. It's like his spine's on your spine. It's okay. That's why it's hurting there and not at the front. And I was like, but it's so bad. It feels yeah. like I've got thrown off the horse again. Oh. And she had some really great techniques to pressure point, to relieve all this stuff. And I vividly remember he turned as he came out. So he came out perfect. Oh. Felt oh, my bones realigning as he was coming yeah. out. Wow. And I never, ever have had lower back pain ever again. Oh, how beautiful. That's yeah. just the gift, isn't it? Of, uh, oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I felt so it. much elation when he was born. I got up and had a shower. I got dressed and did my hair and I was ready to go out for dinner and celebrate. Like, <laughs> <I was happy. laughs> That's so beautiful. It was, ama- it was amazing. Yeah. And my second pregnancy and birth was just as beautiful as well. He was just a little bit bigger, so he took a little bit longer, but it was beautiful. Yeah. So, uh, so, just, so for, for the listeners, like when you, if you don't already know, when you birth, your coccyx goes from tucked under to as your yes. hips are already uh, expanded pre-birth, but your coccyx actually opens up to open the channel yeah. for the baby to come through. Yeah. So in doing that, like, you know, that as you say, like that release um, kind of prepared the way for your second baby as well, who was bigger to be, like having yeah. that pain around the coccyx. Definitely, and, and it really lined it. It was amazing. Yeah, it, it hurt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Amazing, yeah. And funnily amazing. enough, they offer, there's a, a term for the nerves that are in the tailbone called the horse's tail because there's so yeah. many nerves. I've heard so, that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, going back to your yeah. I know, it's fascinating. But, mm. yeah, so... That my first child will be my biggest, biggest awakening, even though I've had a few. Yeah. He'd be my biggest one. Yeah. And then um obviously my second one was just a surprise gift as well. <laughs> but they both woke me up to not stay in that toxic relationship or environment. So Okay. That's what I'm gonna ask. So what like apart yeah. from the you, you birthing and having these um amazing openings and yeah. awakenings, what were you doing in your in your life in general? What was it were you living a holistic life then or no you were still kind of um 
Once I was pregnant, definitely. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Um, before that, no. So I was depressed. I was put on antidepressant and anti-anxieties for my depression, which would now be labeled complex post-traumatic stress disorder, but yeah. it wasn't, wasn't a massive thing back then. Um, I just knew that at the time when I was probably about 19, I started to feel depressed and down before I had that needle stick injury. Um, and I started having flashbacks of my childhood experience and I went to my GP because I didn't know who to tell. I told my husband at the time, even though we yeah. weren't married, my ex-husband, sorry. Um, I told him, like I told him what was happening and he was like, I, he didn't know what to do. Like, you know, oh, he's yeah. on a young guy as well. And so I went to my GP because I'd had her since I was young and I told her and she was really upset that I hadn't told her when I was young because I'd been seeing her, you know, since I was about five. Yeah. She was just sad that I didn't tell her. She wasn't mad or anything. She was really supportive. But her first advice was, well, you need to go on medication. You need to see a counsellor, which I did both because I just did what I was told still. Yeah. yeah. Um, same as, sorry, just skip back a step. When I was 16, my mum made me go to the doctor and go on the pill, even though I hadn't met my boyfriend at the time because of her experiences when she was 16, she felt yeah. pregnant and didn't want that to happen to me. Yeah. So I just did it. I just said, yeah, okay. I didn't yeah. think about looking into what it can do to you. I would never do that now if I could go back. Yeah. But I did. And do you think that on the pill at that age, yeah. that wasn't your choice, do you think that because uh, you think that kind of made you, or not, or allowed you to feel like, oh, well, I'm on the pill so I can do anything if I want to? Or do you, were you just kind of like just doing it as a as something I do and I'm, I'm still living? I just sort of did what I was told. So um, I was quite compliant. Just from what had happened to me when I was little, I sort of just did what I was told at school. Yeah. I just was a good kid to get by. That's all I did. So when my mum said we're going to the doctor and you're going on the pill, I didn't question why. Yeah, it's a funny I one. It's almost like another program, isn't it? It's like a, one of those programs that you just feel. You know, it comes down the family lineage, mm. you know, their parents it. It just yeah. keeps going until someone decides to. Exactly. And I understand why my mum yeah. did that. It's based on her own fear and her own trauma. I Absolutely. completely understand. But I, when I was 16, I didn't. I was like, okay, sure. Yeah. No, because I don't were you know. that she was yeah. at 16 when she said to you about going on the pill? Was that part of what she shared with you? As oh, I knew a little bit just... before. I knew a little bit yeah. before that. Yeah, she'd shared a little bit before. I won't go into her trauma. Oh, no, no. Because, yeah, it's um, just Yeah, and it's a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I just did what I was told and went, oh, sure, I'll do that. And my doctor said, yeah, just go on it, you'll be fine. And um, yeah. you do this and you do that. So I just went, okay, sure. I never had a regular periods. I had, I wasn't sexually active, like nothing. Yeah. It was just because of my mum. So doctors just do what their parents say back then. That was just a thing. Now, if I had daughters, I wouldn't be putting them on the pill, but yeah. you know, it's it not up to me. I don't, I got boys. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Probably so, to avoid all of that. Yeah, <laughs> no, absolutely. So yeah. now, you know, you've got your babies. Um, yes. Where, where, where's Blake now in her, in her like unveiling world, you know, like what's happening in there? Yeah. So I'm more aware of things that are happening around you. Well, yeah. Right before I had the babies though, when I was 30, I, I, that's probably when I went, Oh, didn't know I was pregnant. I wasn't pregnant at the time, but I I kept getting sick. I was really, really overweight. Um, like 153 kilos overweight. Like, yep. Um, and I felt sick. Like I felt like I was nearly dead. Like I felt yeah. terrible. I worked a lot. I took medication. I didn't eat properly. So um, 
in the job I had at that time, which is skip forward again, I was actually like a tr- corporate travel consultant by this stage. Yeah. Um, I, I just didn't take care of myself. So like I would work all day. I drank Coke, which is like, I don't do that now. Um, then I'd go home and eat a really big meal and go to sleep. And then I'd get yeah. up and do it again. And sometimes I could work for 12 hours, you know, like, so I wasn't exercising. I sat at a desk. I didn't eat properly during the day. I didn't get sunlight. I had all this negative stuff going for me. So which this, was me amongst, this was amongst the depression. Yes. Trauma. So the yeah. weight was basically just covering up all of those things. Oh, yeah. Massive, yeah. massively, yeah. And protection and hormones out of whack. And, and yeah. I went to a doctor when I was about 30. Yeah. And I said to her, I'm done. I don't want to be on antidepressants anymore. I don't want to be on the pill anymore. I don't want anything in my body. I'm sick of it. And she's like, well, you can't stop. And I said, I understand. So with her help, we weaned off. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously I stopped the pill, but my cycle was never affected. So when I went off, it just was normal again. It was fine. Um, I stopped getting sick. Um, when she just, the- just in the decision, hey, just yeah. in the decision of you going, I don't want this anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And I was probably off all time. of that. Yeah. Yeah. I was probably off all of that for about a year, which is when um, I fell pregnant. We weren't trying, but I obviously wasn't on the pill. Um, we weren't in a happy place in our relationship, but we ended up being pregnant. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah. So just before I had my kids, I started to go, don't want this in my body. Don't like this life. Don't like this existence. Like what is happening? What am I doing? Stop. And then having the babies was definitely a like, pay attention. Yeah. (laughs) Present moment. Pulling you into present moment. Big time. Big time. Big time. So that's when that's when a big time was like nothing's going in my body unless it is naturally healthy and I feel okay with it in my body. So around that time is the time um, I stopped any form of vaccinations. Are we allowed to talk about that? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Stop in LA. Yeah, cool. I was a travel consultant, so I travelled a lot for work. And a lot of the places we went to, they want you to be vaxxed. Yeah. And I remember one trip I was going on, I had a flu vax because I just did it. Same. I was still compliant. Yeah. Um, I, just did it. I was like, yeah, well, I want to go there. So, of course, I will. And, but every time I did, my whole life ever had to have a needle or a procedure or anything. It used to freak me out. I could feel that it was not okay, but I still did. Yeah. Um, And then once I get to this point, um, I had a flu vac. So I felt really weird about it. And I said to the doctor, I really don't want one. Like I've never had one to go overseas before. Why am I having it now? And he's like, oh, you just have to for this country. And I was like, oh, okay. I had it and I got really sick where I couldn't go. Wow. And I was like, I literally made the decision. As soon as I had it, I knew that I felt like this is not right for some reason. Like Something the tap. Like, oh, the yeah. tap. Yeah. <laughs> the prick. Just yeah. <laughs> and I got sick from it. So I got like like the flu, you know, like yeah. I got that funny, my arm hurt, got swollen, red, sore, felt funny. And then from that point, I just sit in my head, I'm never having anything put in me again. Like they can wow. take blood out, but I'm never having anything put in me again. Like wow. I don't need it. Something in me just went, no. Yeah. And so when I was pregnant, I didn't allow them to put anything in me. Um, I used to, when I was younger, get sick all the time. So I have had lots of antibiotics and things. And they didn't work because I had them so many times. And it upset yeah. my gut. Like it did so many things. I haven't had knock on wood antibiotics or anything since I was 30. I haven't had yeah. any medication in my body. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, Unreal. 
it's amazing it's amazing the toll a lot of that like the repetitiveness of medications like the benefits oh, yeah are outweighed because of the repetitiveness like the toll on your liver and you know your different organs and things like that of like trying to eliminate and how things sit in your system so definitely like you know disconnected from yourself and yeah. as well as kind of what you're saying what you know to be true because of being compliant and isn't compliant such a big word Oh, oh, just yeah. listening to you, Blake, mm. I think a lot of our listeners, you know, will resonate. A lot of the, the podcasts that we've had on, you know, women get to a point where they get sick. You know, their body literally says, oh, so many times. no yeah. more. I'm not, yeah. you can't do this to me anymore. And the body breaks down before the mind notices, yeah. you know, and it's not until the heart, you know. Yeah, yeah. it's not until yeah. the body breaks right down that then the awakening begins, you know, it's like, oh, wow, okay, and they start to see yeah. things. Yeah. Most definitely. definitely. It's like, pay attention. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, and then, yeah. yeah, with my kids as well, like I didn't I didn't vax them. Yeah. I had to sign a lot of things about not getting them to have vitamin K and hep B at hospital. I'm like, well, I don't have hep B, so how are they getting it? Like I yes. don't, yeah. I had so many questions. They didn't like me. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I'm hearing you. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, yeah, they're they're both beautiful and healthy and fine. Yeah. Um, and I'm happy with my choices. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're called the conscious. Yeah, yeah. they're called the conscious for a reason because you are yeah. conscious and you're objective. Definitely. On the basis of what your choices are around how you're choosing to care for yourself and your family. Yes. Yes. And, you know, it's some things are obvious that you don't fit into certain groups, so therefore you're not in the danger category. So therefore your choices are sound. Yeah. And same, they had a beautiful natural birth. They didn't need vitamin K. Yeah. And they're like, you can just give it orally. And I said, no, they don't need it at all. Unless something happens, sure, and there's a trauma, mm-hmm. I'll give permission for my husband at the time to say yes. But I'm saying no, and I'll sign anything you want me to sign. Yeah. Like, you're not doing it. Yeah. And they didn't. Yeah. Um, and they are fine. Yeah. yeah, they're yeah. fine and healthy. My ex-husband was very, oh, I just, I, you should just do what they say. And I was like, no. Yeah, <laughs> he just didn't not. understand, hey, it's a funny no. one. It's part of the programming, isn't it? It's just like yeah. do what gets yeah. done. Yeah, well, he still is like that. So I, I completely understand why we went our separate ways because he is still compliant. Yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he knows that. Yeah. <laughs> He's a little bit. Silly. Yeah. <laughs> he understands my reasoning on things now, which is good. Um, but, yeah, I completely understand why we did go on the journey to, ha- to have the babies and bring them into this existence, and I yeah. do understand why we're not together anymore. I completely understand. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. That's a beautiful yeah. place to be in each other's lives in, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. We might. We're going to keep kind of rolling on, but sure. we're going to throw a couple of questions in um, that should... Yeah, shake things up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> we're shaking a bit, but we're, we're shaking a bit. We're shake more. <laughs> so, when did you first notice a shift? Which is perfect because it's basically what we're talking about mm. now. Yeah. But when did you first notice a shift in your thoughts about the world? So we know you talked about the backs, even the vitamin, all the yeah. backs shift in your thoughts. But was there anything else that you were noticing around you um, that you were like, mm, maybe? Like, maybe like, like the, the news or you know I don't or, know. yeah the news has always made me feel funny like in yeah. my tummy I feel funny I don't like what they're talking I don't like listening to ads on the radio 
Um, I don't, yeah, I've always not liked that though. I've never yeah. been a massive kid to watch TV with my parents watching stuff. I've never, ever. Yeah. My dad always had um, Triple J on, which was cool because <laughs> yeah. it was a better alternative. My yeah. mum was very get home and put the six o'clock news on kind of person. Yes. I've never liked it. So I used to go outside and play in the mud or draw or yeah. ignore myself. I don't, even now, I don't sit down and watch like a television show. Yeah. We sometimes might watch something on Netflix, like a series or a movie, but it's pretty rare. Yes. I I don't like that zombified feeling of information being loaded into you, even though I'm a hypnotherapist and I suggest stuff. <laughs> yeah. I don't like that feeling of um that mindless, repetitive junk I've always thought that was weird since I was a little yeah. kid more so the world stuff I guess um once kids came into my life and I um opened up to going oh I don't like the feeling of that so why would I like that for my kid yeah <laughs> that's that yeah when yeah. you when you were describing like when you were at school as a teenager and how yes. you learned fast and didn't like the repetitiveness yes. a lot of what we're fed through you know commercials are repetitive they're they're created to be ingrained in our brain so we have oh yeah sit there and don't go away mm. so it's there when we go shopping or you know that every night the six o'clock news it's a repetitive format so definitely you know, what you're describing is that you know you what you wanted your input to be was you was were, to you keep were, building and growing who you definitely knowledge yeah. base you were glitching yeah I was. <laughs> yeah I was and I did it at school too so I was very selective anytime I went to history what they're telling us never felt right to me. Yeah. And I used to sit there drawing and my teacher would go, why aren't you doing what I'm saying? And I said, I don't agree with what you're saying. So probably yeah. in high school, I would say, I don't like it. And they're like, well, you shouldn't be in history. And I was like, well, what can I do? And they're like, well, next year you get to do geography. And I loved geography. I found yeah. it fascinating. Mm -hmm. So when you got to choose your subjects, um, I did everything that I was naturally good at because it made it really easy for me. Yeah. So I, I was pretty tricky and I did choose the stuff I already knew how to naturally do. Yes. And one of the things was geography. It was geography or history. So I immediately went geography and I <laughs> yeah. loved it and I aced it. But yeah. I knew I knew history wasn't right. I didn't yeah. like that. I didn't like that, yeah, that this is what happened. I don't yeah. I still don't believe it all. I'm like, <laughs> how much how much history is going that now that's so different? Like even our First Nations people, there's so much history there that is just like mind-blowingly huge and, and true and is only just starting to be like, oh maybe we could allow some of this in or you know, some of these yeah. things to be acknowledged. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So when I was younger, but yeah, at, definitely once I had kids, I was I, I did I never ever let my children listen to like the news on the radio or watch tv news ever yeah however i couldn't control if my mom did which she yes um she would still do it but i i didn't like it at all for my kids yeah, yeah. i didn't don't like i still don't i don't let them watch it that's good that's good <laughs> yeah. they don't um, need to. no exactly and yeah I was just going to say on the history thing, like I was yes. watching something the other day about this lady was talking to an Irish chap who's a, a druid and he said the same thing about history. He was like, they were saying like um, the early Irish didn't wear shoes and he's like, well, I don't believe that. So he went and investigated himself mm -hmm. and found out that they actually had some of the most sophisticated footwear oh, wow. here, going back these thousands of years and he now makes these shoes and they are just Oh, wow. yeah, they handcrafted incredible pieces of art and incredibly comfortable, wow. beautiful pieces wow. of, of workmanship. 
but it's that thing isn't it where when we question what we're fed or stop being compliant there's so much knowledge awareness truth there that just definitely yeah sits so well you would know that I think Mm. as a hypnotherapist too like when you do that spiritual side where you're actually going into past lives and stuff it's like yeah you've yeah Constantly finding new things. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah, it's very it fascinating. We will, Sorry. I want to say, yeah. trying to talk about that. Okay. Trying to get past three of these questions. No, yeah. slow down. Go fast. <laughs> um, what kind of things were happening around you? Mm. Like when you started to wake up more, you're noticing, you know, that this isn't right, that's not right, the news isn't right, oh, that history doesn't make sense. What's happening around you as well when you're opening up to these things? Because we do know that, you know, um, life starts to reflect back what we're... So oh, definitely. Yeah. So what was happening then was um, I'd had my kids, obviously they were still young and I decided to leave that 19-year-long relationship that wasn't healthful. Yeah. Um, that was a really big, long, drawn-out decision, really tricky. Um, yeah. But I did. I did it for me and for my children and obviously for my ex because he wasn't happy either yes um and I started working for myself so um I started doing my own work myself knowing I still have to provide for these children even though he's not gonna because he wasn't even with him so he's not gonna want to leave um and I at the time knew I wasn't going to get any government assistance because we had we owned a house together yeah with a big mortgage mind you we didn't actually own any much capital on the house but we owned a house with a big mortgage and I was like oh my god what am I going to do um I was on technical maternity leave at the time from the corporate travel so I knew once I had my second child I can't do that and have two babies under two like it was a bit too much yeah um yeah so I did my own business um which is completely different again because I like I said I like to swap and change and once I master something I move along (laughs) yes um (laughs) I had a um, franchise in the Shire at the time, which was um, Twinkle Toes. You know, those baby hand and feet sculptures? Like they're in like oh, a three. Yes. Oh, so yeah. Oh. yeah. So more baby stuff because I got to have brand new babies all the time. Yes. Um, and I'm artistic and creative. So I loved doing, you know, like the sculpturing and the framing and all of it. It was a juggle with two small children. Which oh, I didn't wow. Taking it on. It was a lot of work. Oh, um man. But I did that for a while. It did become a bit overwhelming, um, so I did actually sell it. Yes. But I did it for a few years, um, which was good, um, and I sold it. I didn't make a loss on selling it, so it wasn't um, a negative thing for me. Um, and once I left that relationship and the corporate travel world and focused on me and the babies, that's when I started to get happy. So yeah. that's when um, my, like, obviously my ex and I broke up. It wasn't pleasant for the first couple of years because it was very hard work trying to shuffle baby's work life um, and trying to figure out who the hell am I? Yeah. (laughs) And um, it took a few years to get on top of everything and finally get divorced and finally get my ex-husband to agree to sell everything and pay off all our debts and things. But it finally happened at the perfect divine timing. Um, And I decided to have a little bit of a break from work. And I used to help my brother sometimes at his work and do little bits and pieces, mostly focusing on the kids, though. Yeah. Um, And that's when I met my current lovely husband. (laughs) And at the time when I sold my home, um, so I lived in a, like, really gross house in a really lovely area in a good street. So it sold for heaps more than we imagined it would. 
and it paid, off yeah. <laughs> it paid off all the debt but left me with a little bit of something yeah to make a little bit of a future so my thoughts were um I can't live in I can't afford to live in the Shire anymore yeah um so before I met my current husband I actually already had that in my mind and was looking where can I go which did mean I was going to have to leave my family and my friends and stuff but I was okay with that to make it a beautiful life for them wow yeah, um, yeah and so I lived in Cronulla for like 37 years yeah <laughs> that was a big decision yeah but I did want my little boys yeah, I wanted my boys to grow up where you could just go and play outside where I didn't have to worry that there was a person or something was going to happen or yeah. you could scream and punch your brother and yell yeah. and have fun. Like I wanted them to be kids. Yeah. And so I was looking anywhere from Sydney. I'm very drawn south. I'm not sure why, but I am. And so I looked everywhere and oh, I was umming and ahhing and felt nervous about the prospect of getting another mortgage, but I couldn't yeah. afford to just buy something. And I met my... um current husband in Cronulla and when I met him I said to him oh it's a strange time to meet you because I'm not gonna stay here and he's like what do you mean so I told him and he's like oh that's okay he was in the navy for years and years and years and he's like um I've lived everywhere so I don't care oh. I'll come to you and I was like oh <laughs> support <laughs> yeah and so we looked and looked and looked. We looked for a long time. Like we looked for over 12 months and we went to lots of different types of properties, what we could afford, what we couldn't afford. And the first property we looked at is the property that I own today. Oh, wow. Even though we looked at lots, that's where we were. That's where we are. Yeah. That's so um, yeah. So that's a big shift. That's a big oh, shift. Yeah. Like Massive. physically, spiritually, yeah. Yes. So you're and now we- in Marimbula. Yeah, my work is in Marimbula and I live at a little town not far from here. That's just right. between Marimbula and Eden. Yeah, it's beautiful, yeah. absolutely beautiful. So we live on a little tiny farm, oh. um, which is surrounded by state forests. So we've kind of only technically got one neighbour um, and the rest looks like we live on a really big property, even though it's little. It looks yeah. huge because there's trees everywhere. It's absolutely beautiful. It's beautiful. And the boys are growing up, yeah, like kids. Yeah. And dogs and cats and chickens and, yeah, they're Got a great, healthy life. <laughs> Yay. So you manifested yeah. that whole feeling. For that sure, yeah. And at the time, when you say what was happening around you, I was also had that feeling of I'm not supposed to be here anymore. I had a really yeah. strong sense of this isn't my lifestyle anymore. So I knew I needed something away from a city. That was a big intuitive pull I had. Yes. I didn't know where to go because I've never lived on a farm. I've lived in yeah. Cronulla. <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah, we looked and looked and looked. And my biggest thing was he had grown up in the country um, as a country boy, but I didn't want to live where he was. I need to be near the coast and the bush and I need that both. I like need water and bush balance. Mm. And I'm a very beachy, swimmy person, so I needed both. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, where we are now is, like, perfect. It's 10 minutes to the beach. There's national parks and forests and it's just, it's stunning. So at the time, yeah, I was very drawn down here to get away from that big city thing. I understand why now, the timeline, but I didn't at the time know why it was such a strong pull. Yeah. So now you're there and were, was this when the holistic healing, the hypnotherapy, is this when this started to come out? Yeah. How did it come out and, and, you know, where did this begin, this this 
awakening begin? Yeah. So when we moved here, obviously I didn't have a job or anything. Um, and I knew I had to do something. I'm definitely not a person that can just sit there and twiddle my thumbs. Okay. Um, so I thought I'll, I'll no start that. Yeah, I started, um, I looked into a few things. Um, I've studied a lot of things, but I wasn't drawn to do them, if that makes yeah. sense. Um, but I started studying um, a holistic counselling diploma, which had a lot of little modules in it that touched on some stuff that I really was drawn to. And one of them was hypnotherapy. And I was like, oh, I loved that when I had that. And I, I started to think more about it. And I went to the more spiritual side first. So um, I um, did my holistic counselling diploma, but I didn't want to be a talk therapist. I found talk therapy when I was going through my trauma and stuff, when I saw a counsellor and psychologists and things, I found it re-traumatising and really draining. Yeah. So I didn't want to do that. I needed something that wasn't like that because I found, I thought I don't want to do that because I didn't like having it done to me. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought that's not me. Like I don't want to just sit there and listen and I want to do it. I want to see a change in people. I want them to know who they really are. Like I want them to change. So yeah. For some reason, my current husband is very spiritual as well, like me. So um, we were talking about Dolores Cannon and some other things about past life regression. And um, we were also looking into what other courses I could do. And I, for some reason, I just typed in Australian training past life regression. Yeah. I just missed a QHHT course, which at the time was in Byron Bay. And it wasn't online then, you know, any yep. of those things. And another one popped up in my feed that said soul regression therapy. And I read all about it and the people that created it. And I was really drawn to it. And there was a course in a month from when I saw it. And I was like, I'm doing it because I'm very also yeah. impulsive. <laughs> in a good way, though. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I got, yeah. 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 I definitely, if I pay attention to my intuition, it's always right. Yes. If I don't pay attention, that's when it smacks me down. Yeah. Um, so I, I enrolled in this course and my husband is very supportive. So I had to go to Sydney to do this course. Um, so he had the kids and the school and all that stuff back and the animals, all the things. So I went and did that training and I, I just in love. I just fell yeah. in love. Um, obviously, I had to have the sessions as well, which was amazing. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I just went, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. At that time where we live, it was pretty like I'm not going to be booked out with clients for that because it's a little bit eye-opening and some yes. people are some people aren't. And so I thought, oh, what can I do to complement it? And my trainer um, was a clinical and spiritual hypnotherapist and I was like, well, and I went, oh, like they did with me when I was younger, you know, for um, the trial at the university. And I was like, oh, my God, I could do that. Yes. So then I did that too. So I did um clinical hypnotherapy course um, to get me certified. And once again, I had to go away to Adelaide to do that and a bit of online stuff as well. I finally finished my holistic counseling diploma. So I did these all at the same time. Yeah, I like wow. That's the a I've got like... a lot of tabs open. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, I think a lot of trauma opened up a lot of parts of my brain that are a little yes. bit different. Um, and it, it's actually helpful though. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. And yeah, and I just went, I'm specializing in this. I'm doing clinical and in spiritual hypnotherapy and whoever is drawn to what will just come to me. And they yeah. did. Yeah, so I did. Yeah, yeah once the channels are open. Yeah. yeah, once the channels are open, it's what you're supposed to do. For and sure. they trusted, like literally yeah. trusted, stepped into that. You feel like um, it was a 
feeling of complete trust in what you were, this was there for you, this is what you're meant to be doing? Oh, yeah, definitely, most definitely. And I've always, ever since I was little, talked to someone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not necessarily a spirit, but myself. But I've yeah. since figured out I'm actually communicating with my higher self. It's just yeah. um, more attentive sometimes than I am. <laughs> um, and, yeah, that is a definite thing. I've got a clear answer of yes, yes. I just got goosebumps then. Yeah, it's a yeah. yes. This is what you're supposed to be doing right now. This is what you were supposed to be doing. And I, I love it. I love yeah. it. yeah. yeah. That's so beautiful. I'm, I'm, I I just love how the story is kind of interwoven with so many different things. But, mm. um, you know, spirit always leads us, you know, to where we're supposed to go and what we're supposed definitely. to do. Most definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I guess it's just trusting in it. Trusting. Yeah. I didn't trust in it anything when I was little. Yeah. I do now. Yeah, I definitely do now. Well, like Joe just said, like, you know, when, when spirit's calling um, it's like when you found that first um, massage therapist who did yeah. Reiki when you were 14, that feeling yeah. of being safe and this feeling of being right. Yeah. It's such a yeah, beautiful feeling, feeling to sit in, isn't it? Yeah. And and, 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 and that because yeah, a lot of what you're describing through your life is like very much that that even flow between your physical body and your emotional body and what doesn't sit right and what does sit right and how you, you know, how your body you know, with the weight gain and things like that, how you went in your body, basically, more or less, you know, like... Most definitely. And then to dive into something like Dolores Cannon. That oh, was yeah. Such a, it's a yeah. huge expense. So you, would you like to? Could you explain a little bit about that for, for us? And our yeah, sure. So um, as I said, I did the soul regression therapy first and the teachers that actually created that therapy actually were taught by Dolores oh. um, with QHHT. So... um. Lorna Jackson actually does QHHT as well as the soul regression therapy. So the QHHT is the quantum healing hypnosis technique. technique. That's yeah. it, yeah. So I've recently just um, studied that and become qualified because I'm very, very drawn to it for a really long time and I, I haven't um, been drawn to study it. Yes. But I recently was very strongly told that's what you're supposed to be doing right now. So I, I did, yeah, recently complete the level one certification to do that, which yeah. complements what I do now. Um, it's very similar but different, if that makes sense. So it's yeah. still, um, I'll explain QHHT. So it is, um, it's quite a long session, which is um, a thing people are either drawn to or they're not. It takes around five hours, depending on what you are dealing with in your story. Um, and like we said before, it's about building trust and feeling trust. So you come in into my clinic. So I don't work from home because I like that separate work life space for my kids and my family. So I've got a, my own clinic. Um, people come into my clinic. We'll have a talk about their life. So I sit and listen, um, get to know them and their story. Similar to what we're doing now. And then... Um, once we build that rapport and um, we move through the next process, which is the hypnosis part, um, we do the Dolores Cannon technique, which is similar and different to all of my other teachers' teachings. Yes. So it all makes sense to me why they all do the things they do. I like that I've learned from so many people. Well, um, you've got to have your Blake's essence come through as well. 100%. Know? Yeah. 100%. Yeah. And what feels right and doesn't, of course. Um, and 
then you do the hypnosis part, which can take people on a journey um, either into this life. So they might see something they need to deal with in their childhood as well or earlier life. Or it can take them to a past life existence. Um, we drop into several points of that past life existence to get an overall snapshot or a scene in a play for them to make out what it's shown them and why. Mm -hmm. Ask a lot of questions to get the information flowing. Um, then we tap back into them and then we take them into their higher self or subconscious or superconscious mind and ask them questions that they've brought in or we've discussed at that first part of the um, session. Most people write down maybe 10 to 15 questions about anything they want to know. Um, the subconscious is very, very clear, concise and honest. Yeah. So you definitely don't want to ask something you don't want to know the answer to because it'll yes. tell you. Um, and the questions, that, that. <laughs> the questions are super important, aren't they? Oh, yeah. That's the gateway because I know that's where Dolores is so, yeah. that's why she's so incredible because the yeah. questions that she yeah. asks and the trust that she has Yes, definitely. She's at next level. Yeah, definitely. And going on that first part, when you get that little um, that you're listening to their story, that helps you with the questioning component during that. Um, why are they being shown this past life part? It's a very yes. good answer to that. And also to their questions they've actually written down and want to ask. You can expand on them by knowing about their story and why would they ask that question? Yes. Yeah. Some people get shown a very simplistic past life because that's what they needed to see some people go to other planets or other existences um it, it's just fascinating I love it yeah, oh, yeah. Have, you ever, have you ever been in a session where you've been literally blown away and like being like what the hell is going on here yeah I never say what the hell is going on you know, here. in your in your mind yeah in my own sessions when I've had them done to me because I'm as I'm as excited about having it as doing it. So yes. I want it to me as well. Um, I had one recently with a, another QHHT practitioner in Victoria. Um, and I love it because I love chatting with my higher self on a daily basis. But oh, when it's yes. so clear and I've got oh. no stupid chatty mind popping yeah. in, I love the clarity. Yes. Um, my recent experience, I won't share my clients because like it's sort of a privacy thing, of but course. with my recent experience, um, I I like going home. So in mine, I don't do a past life review. I go home like amongst the stars and I'm a golden light being and I get all this warm and happy. <laughs> and I, I'm getting warm now and happy. So like I that was my last experience was I went home. Oh. I got to meet my other soul group. Um I got to get healed and energy renewed and my inner light got turned up <laughs> and, oh, I so beautiful. <laughs> and I, I love I love that I can experience it because I know what they're going through too because like I want them to have what I have yeah. <laughs> I want them to know like turn your light back on <laughs> that's it yeah isn't it amazing I love uh, it because it you know oh, that's <laughs> I was literally listening to Pam Gregory last night and she was saying about the change with Pluto going into Aquarius, the changes in in um in travel, the way we you know, flight air, Aquarius um travel. And she's saying, you know, like going into the stars and all this kind of thing. And I was like, oh <laughs> <laughs> 
Please, that were just like hot flush. And then just what you just said then, we're both just sitting here and it's our hearts are just like, it's very emotional to I know. I got hear you well. say those words and everything's yeah. just going crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I know. It's just beautiful. Feels so beautiful. It's, oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. And even having that experience for myself, yeah, like turning my little inner light back on because over the last three years, it sort of got dimmed down a lot. Um. I'm very empathetic, so I absorb a lot. I don't take on my client stuff, but the weight of the world stuff I had. Um, yeah. and I hadn't had done anything for me probably for three years or so. And before all this COVID stuff, we had the bushfires and then the floods and I hadn't travelled since um, probably 2019 maybe or early 2020 before the, the stuff stopped us travelling and living. Um, and that would be the last time I would have swapped a um, session with one of my training buddies because we used to swap oh. together because we don't do this part online, the spiritual stuff. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, that would have been my last one. So I really needed one. So uh, um, a few weekends ago, my husband, um, for my birthday present, got me a QHHT session and a little weekend away all by myself. And I had that and it was like the best thing. I needed yeah, it. So bless bad. you, Abby. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what am I getting next to you? No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> Another one. <laughs> yeah, probably. I, I, I think just like a yearly visit. Yeah. <laughs> like I can feel how much that just fills, fills you up, you know. Yeah. It's like yeah. having a session can completely change your whole world, your whole world. Oh, and, and, and the certainty, you know, it gives you. In connecting back to you, you know, it's like if only everyone can experience that. hundred percent, uh, yeah. And yeah. as I said, some people do visit very simple past lives. Um, I wouldn't say they're boring or basic, but they're just a simple review of a life and they think, oh, well, that was a bit boring. And I'm like, yeah. no, it's fascinating. And it shows yeah. you this because of this. And they're like, oh, because they've got to realise these messages and the reviews for them. It's not for me. Like I do like a tiny percentage of the work. It's all about them, like what they're allowing, their belief system. I'm just helping them to try and, um, you know, realise and guide them to remember what they already know. Like that's that's my goal purpose is to guide you to remember what your soul already knows. Yeah. And hopefully hopefully Um, shift their mindset a little bit. Yeah. Because we, we don't see ourselves very well very often. Yeah, that's why I think yeah. I got so emotional with you saying I, mm. I, I went home. I'm like, oh. <laughs> oh <laughs> like, I did that in my session. I cried a lot. <laughs> yeah. It's the love, you know, the love oh, you feel in there. It's absolutely. like it's, it's like nothing else. It's like it was amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. I just went off then. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like it's all about the love. It's all about the love, you know. It is a relationship yeah. between the practitioner and the client that you know people have or a lot of our guests have, have shared the same and, and we know that um you know what the 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 trust, the, yeah, the trust yeah. is is the foundation yeah. but the um you know it's a two way it's a two way gift you know when you're just sharing about um consciously going into your own treatment with yeah. uh, your experience and knowing what where you wanted to go with it almost oh. being so expansive in that space and yet one of your clients may have a very simpler experience yeah it's it's a beautiful it's always a beautiful gift for each of you to share in that moment whatever that moment is change yeah for the, for the client for yourself like yeah how sometimes 
the greatest gift is in the simplicity of it and you Most know the definitely. of it of yeah Mm. And they're shown whatever they're shown because they're only given whatever you can handle. So they're not going to be shown an existence on another planet if they don't believe that that exists. They go, oh, actually, I'm going to show you this. They don't do games. They show them what they need to know at the time. Yeah. So um, I am obviously very open to be yeah. shown whatever they want to show me. <laughs> um, so I get to see all of them experience all the things because that's what I need at the time. You know, I didn't know if I was going to pop into some past life. I've got some hidden thing that I haven't dealt with yet, but I didn't because I have dealt with a lot and I've done a yeah. lot of my own healing. Um, I was very hopeful I would go home, but I didn't know. Um, yeah. And I was so happy when I did because that that's exactly what I needed. So I got shown, like I said, I was a golden light being. I got taken home. I got this beautiful energy um, healing where they took out the stagnant energy and renewed my energy in this beautiful crystal cave. Mm. I was surrounded by my soul group, so they were there to fill me up. Um, I had a bit of a meeting with some ascended masters that were assessing why I keep asking for signs and synchronicities when I already know. Yeah. Um, and that just reaffirmed what I already do know. And they told me to stop asking questions about that because it's a waste of my energy. <laughs> like, you already know that we're there. Why are you asking me? <laughs> Here an aspect of play just wants to know again. Just one more time. Yeah, just tell me again. <laughs> yeah, I understand. I get it. I get it. I get um, it. And it reaffirmed to me yeah, all the stuff I do already know which is helpful for the work I'm doing and to say, yes, you are supposed to be, you're supposed to be doing this. You are supposed to add this. People are going to come. They're going to need it. Yeah, absolutely. And they awaken and realise they're definitely going to need it. Absolutely. Absolutely. You're going to be getting more and more and more people that are going to be not, they probably don't even understand it, but they're like, no. I'm just go and see her. I don't know why, but I'm ready. Mm, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And what, for me, one um, thing I always want to know is, is, am I okay? Like, am I doing it right? You know, like yes. not now when I started. Yeah. And one of the biggest clarifications was, well, you'll only get people drawn to you based on your skill set. So you're not going to give it anything you can't handle either. Like they're not yeah. going to get shown anything they can't handle. You're not going to get confronted with anything you can't handle. And another thing they've said, look what you've been through. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's all existence. Of course you can handle all of this. Absolutely. Yeah, which is true. At yes. the time you're in it, it doesn't feel like that. But once you pass it and you review back and you go, oh, yeah, I get why it told me that. Yeah. <laughs> I get why that taught me. I get it. I get it. Yeah. 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 I, my husband said something to me lately. Like we always hear, <laughs> which says a lot to me all the time, but, um, <laughs> you know, he, um, we, all, we know now, like when we become more aware that everything's happening for us around us, you know, um, yes. And he said to me the other day, but, you know, everything's happening for us, through us, by us. And yeah. I was like, oh, you know, it's like. Yeah. You chose this. Can, <laughs> yeah, if we can, you know, if we can look at everything, absolutely everything around that's happening is, is, is even by us, you know, at the end of everything, once we look at it for us, through us, and then by us, wow. Yes. Yes. What a realisation. Most definitely. Yeah, and like you said a little bit earlier as well, is knowing that you aren't just you. Like you're not just our body. Like there's more to us than that. Absolutely. Yeah, people, like you say, we don't look upon ourselves very well, but we should because we're so much more than just the mom or just the therapist or just this or just that. We're all of those things but more. Yeah, and in every part of what we're doing, like if we are 
just being mum. We are being mum and that is so perfect. And yeah. how us being mum contributes to the greater whole it's incredibly magic if we're mindfully in that space, if we're connected into that space, if we're Absolutely. ourselves in that space. I agree. Um, yeah. And earlier on when you were describing, you know, or talk, sharing some of your um, different parts of your life, it was this um, distinct feeling around being a robot, you know, the automation of... Compliant. Yeah, no, the, the, compliant. the compliant, like yeah. the robotic, like... And then these activations come in, all these conscious choices, like leaving your first husband, like your children coming in, expansion, leaving your first husband, you know, and then stepping into what is what yeah. is Blake going to do? And then this calling into this area that is, mm. you know, quantum on different oh, <laughs> levels. Um, so not robot, so not compliant, but... No. Um, you had to walk back to realize that. Yeah, yeah. and true yeah. self, and it's like the, the dichotomy, the two opposites of totally be if we you know stay in this unquestioning space, yeah, compliant space to asking questions, you know, following heart, you know, it's um coming home, coming home. It's funny because we came in today. We we always get the client to choose a card. Mm. Oh, beautiful! And I chose the card this morning. Yeah. And we got this card. Oh, beautiful. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Perfect it's good timing. Yeah. And just you talking about going home, like that's really, it's, it's touched me. It really touched me. And, I, mm-hmm. and it's around that certainty in self, you know, knowing Definitely. knowing who you are, not yes. not as a human, but, you know, as yeah. so much more. As a well, they actually climbing. showed me a really interesting thing in my session. I'll just share one little tiny thing more. I used to always think of that analogy, you know, where you're in a cocoon and then you come out and turn into a butterfly. And I mm-hmm. liked it. But then I realized butterflies don't live that long, yeah? They don't live yes. that long. So I went, oh, that's actually kind of morbid. <laughs> <laughs> but what they actually showed me in my session a little while ago was um, if you imagine me as a little tiny spark or a speck of light, so like a little tiny star, if you look up in the night, and what it showed me was it was dark and dim, but there was a little tiny little glimmer and it was like a dimmer light was being turned up and now it showed me as you turn me up and you can't look at you anymore how bright you are. Um, That's what it did to me. So it showed me instead of that butterfly one, now I think of that little speck turning into that bright light, shining yeah. light, like a light going up. I even did it for the boys last night at home because I was uh, laughing to myself, thinking that's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> the darkness with like the trauma, the depression, all that stuff. And they showed me turning up my light and it turned into that brightness again. I felt like the light within just come through again. I went, yeah. oh, well, I got that little spark to go home. And then I turned back into this thing. I'm not just that little tiny speck. I'm beyond that, beyond yeah. me, beyond where, and it's fascinating. And it just that little one, which I've had so many sessions and treatments and therapy and stuff, but I just needed that little one, just one more yeah. boost. Yeah. And it just brought my light back on, turned my light back on, turned me up. Turn you up. Turn you on and up. It's unlimited, isn't it? Like, you know, it like, yeah, it's yeah. unlimited. 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 Infinite, that's the word. Infinite, yeah. Oh, oh, we we do. We God, that's just like that last twenty minutes gone. Whew, it's been <laughs> so fun to <laughs> There is one question, but I, I kind well, of feel like we've answered it anyway. But I'm going to answer. I want to ask that one. I think we've already talked about that. Okay. Yeah, we have. All right. <laughs> you can ask that one. 
I wanted to ask if there's anything you had to give up, people or things. Like because um, my was- family, so my mum and my dad and my brother. Yeah. Yeah. Strange to them. I don't talk to them anymore. Oh, that yeah. is yeah. <laughs> but it's perfect, isn't it? You know? I'm fine with it. I'm okay with it. Some people go, oh, my God, that's so sad. I yeah. actually don't feel sad. I feel, um, what word would we say? I feel um, more free. free. <laughs> yeah, I feel free. I feel alive and I don't feel constricted. Like I don't feel that you've got to do this and you've got to do that feeling. Yeah. Um, obviously, I'm the black sheep of a family. Um the, and, art, the golden sheep. <laughs> oh yeah, golden. Yeah, that's a better one. Yeah. <laughs> Little glowing sheep and paddock. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, um, that happened like slowly, but I think it's been happening all of my life. Yeah. I just wasn't awake and aware as to what was happening. But slowly we just went our separate ways as well on our journey for the right purpose. Um, yeah. they definitely taught me the lessons I needed to know, and now that I know them, I've definitely moved on from them. Yeah, that's really powerful, especially for our listeners, because I think a lot of people get caught in, and it could be another program. I'm still not real sure on sure. that one when it comes yeah. to family. Um, yeah. But it could be another program. You know, mm-hmm. we come in, you know, sometimes just for a short time together and not not the yeah. long time, you know, and, mm-hmm. and we're all so different. And some of us don't, I mean, we know now that mm-hmm. a lot of, there's a lot of people that don't, that aren't connected with their family, you know. Very much so, yeah. And I yeah. learn that every day with my clients, yeah. It sort of reaffirms what I've chosen to do. Um, yeah. It was a very conscious choice. It was a yeah. very conscious choice on my part. Um, and, Which yeah, I feel the like thing, it's the right thing for me. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. regret what I've decided. And I, I feel really happy in our life. Like I've created my own family. So yeah. um, my beautiful husband and my beautiful children, all of our animals and our really great friends that we have that have similar ideas and thoughts on our life um, and where we live and I've created that all. It's all yeah. part of, yeah, the journey and my purpose is to be like a completely right. fresh start. Yeah. Yeah. Completely. Yeah. yeah. There's that saying you can choose your friends, but you can't, well, you can't choose your family, but you can choose your friends. And I know we do choose our family because of the consequences <laughs> in our divine space. But also, when you like going back to your coccyx, like the root chakra, yes. you know, and then when your children, your son was born, like the freeing out of your coccyx, like that's yeah. moving like freeing out that, that root space here and uprooting from Canala to where you're living mm-hmm. now, yeah, like, you know, your definitely. whole root chakra space changing and moving into that sacral chakra space of you know, the family that you've created, your choices around who is your family and where your environment is. It's, it's yeah. a question of a, it a is. Yeah. yeah. And I guess, yeah, going through all that crazy last couple of years, I've had to use my solar plexus a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Willpower, willpower. Yeah, yeah. And I guess now if you'd like to say I'd be I'm living in my heart space right now and I'm choosing everything with love. Oh, that's so beautiful. That feels amazing. That does feel amazing. Choosing everything with love. It's so beautiful. Mm. I've loved, love, love being in your space today. And you know, Mm. it's so bizarre the people that you know that you you tune into and you resonate with and Definitely. How we find each other. How we find each other. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Those little little silken threads that come through the collective and lead us to each other. other. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm sure that um, Amanda and I are one of those little stars up in the sky. I reckon. (laughs) I am with you. Golden light. Yeah. 
<laughs> That's beautiful. Listening in the light. <laughs> I know there's many of us. I know there's many of us. Yeah. So our last question to you, Blaine, mm, is yes. um, how do you see the world now and what do you see next for us or for you? Um, so obviously things are changing and shifting. Um, I think a lot of truth is coming out in our world. Yeah. Um, it's not necessarily going to be nice truths that are coming out, but I think it's really necessary that all the stuff that is coming out is. Yeah. Um, it is going to shock a lot of people that aren't awakened yet. Um, I feel like we will have a lot of um, a few depressive, collectively depressive years ahead for us, like as humanity. But I think within the next yeah five years, there'll be a big shift as that new earth and that new world and the people that are awakening do fully yeah, awaken. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I that that. yeah, I definitely feel that coming through. And um, it, learning the QHHT has awoken me to a lot of other things as well, which um, I sort of knew, but I didn't know what I knew, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, and so, like, example, you know, um, if you've ever heard about Dolores' work with the three waves of volunteers. Yes. So um, with um, some of my clients have experienced some things like that where we get that sort of answer that they definitely are a volunteer. Yeah. They haven't been a human before. Yeah. Um, my uh, eldest son is one. Yeah. Yep. Um, <laughs> and he's a third wave. So he doesn't know that. I haven't told him. Like, I haven't yeah. shared my experience of what I believe or know on him, but... I believe it to be true. And it, it makes sense to me when I look at him and I think about him and I go, oh, yeah, <laughs> makes sense to me. Yeah. So that's a big thing that will happen as well as all of those volunteers coming through are going to help to awaken the new earth. Absolutely. And it's going to, it'll be a beautiful time when it happens. It's slowly shifting and changing. Slowly. Yeah. Now, yeah. just quickly on that, because that's so beautiful and I'm hearing what yeah. you said. I've actually read nearly all of her books. Wow. Um, <laughs> Uh, I did hear something recently um, about her being her coming back to the planet. Yeah, I've heard I've heard a few different things as well. Yeah, I'm not sure. I think she will. Yeah, um, she definitely comes through in some people's sessions. I haven't had it come through with one of my clients, but like you know, through the training and the learnings that we've had, she does come through some people. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't um I don't a hundred percent know if she's here or if she's coming. <laughs> I feel like she's got much bigger things to do on in oh, other areas. Yeah. 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 And, and a critical tribe of, of people like yourself, exactly. like the community yeah. that are, are doing carrying on carrying on the work and, and yeah, her work is opening up so many people. Hundred percent. Yeah. Definitely. yeah. Definitely. Wow. Oh, I want well, to come and see you. Yes. Yeah, I can't wait to do a road trip. We'll have to do a road trip. Yeah, yeah. Have a road trip. It's been so beautiful having you on. I will Thank put you. all of your details at the bottom of the podcast for anyone that wants to. And Amanda and I fully recommend Blake. Oh, yeah. Um, if, yeah. You're, if, this, yeah. if this stimulates something for you or you resonate with what we've been talking about, then um, and you live around Marimbula. Yeah. <laughs> or want to just have a beautiful weekend away. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's a little airport here. You can fly in and fly yes. out. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but yeah. thank you so much, Blake, for coming on. We're loving every moment sitting with you and in your space. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Sending love to you both. Oh, mm-hmm. you too, darling. That's joy. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye. 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 Mm-hmm. See ya.